last. <laughs> I think that's what we said on the first episode. <laughs> well, finally. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a relaunch, more or less. We've New been, beginnings. <laughs> we've been gone for a moment. We have lived, we have learned, and we have come back with much more knowledge, and we're going to hit this full force running. Uh, we've been working on criminal justice reform, like we said that we would, but we're narrowing the focus to mass incarceration because criminal justice reform is just a little bit too broad. Yeah. We also <laughs> went to Houston for the debate. Yeah, we were right up on the scene. Um, super close, honestly. You guys wouldn't believe it. Like, I didn't believe it. It was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really exciting. We're gonna do a little debate recap, but this one, because we have the um, first-hand experience uh-huh. is a little different and more geared towards our perception of the debate and what we saw there and on TV and right. instead of, like, analysis of their positions like the other ones were. Yeah, so this one will be a little bit more fun and a little yeah. less kind analysis of like what happened. and back checks and stuff. So, yeah, we're just going to talk about our experience. We're going to talk about the debate highlights and candidate performance like normal, but we... We weren't in really a position to take notes this time or, you know, go fully in depth. Plus, they say the same things that they always fucking say. So there's not really a whole bunch of (laughs) new news. It really wasn't like anything game changing, but it was, you know, through more hours of interaction between them. So, you know, there was more stuff to talk about. Yes. And at least there was only one debate this time that... The, yeah, the that two, helped. The for two sure. debates have been a little exhausting. It's like a burnout by the second one, yeah. Yeah. So, first off, we were able to snag like literally the best Airbnb of all time. It was across the street from the venue. Sure, where with the- windows just facing exactly like where it was. Like, I don't know if it's an ordinarily an entrance to the school. It was like this archway, but yeah, we, we could like see it if we just peeked down the street a little bit and we. The night before we got there and what, like, kind of in the evening, and we yeah. just watched, like, unmarked vans just go in and out with police escorts. And, and we were like, those are the candidates. <laughs> They're going to rehearsal. They're showing up at, like, timed increments, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock, so we were just sitting from the window watching, like, little kids, like, oh my god, who do you think that is? I felt, like, half like a child and half like an investigative journalist. Exactly. I'm like, where's the story? What's yeah. gonna happen? It was super cool. We even got, like, walked around on the campus um, a little bit the night before. It was still kind of strange because there was, like, news vehicles and, like, a yeah. slight police presence still not as crazy as the next we weren't really sure where we could go we kept seeing like a man standing over there and we're like i don't want to get too close i don't know what's gonna happen um yeah that part was pretty interesting and from the window we saw them like do like was it probably like bomb sniffing dogs walking through the school it was crazy there was like eight of them right am i exaggerating no there was was a good amount that was wild i've never seen something like that uh, yeah i was like at first it makes me think drugs i'm like oh they're coming for their drugs it really felt like a stakeout yeah i I thought they were like drug dogs too but i was like like wait nobody they don't want the people to die yeah like it's more of a threat than that right (laughs) but yeah that was crazy to watch it felt like genuinely sitting in a car somewhere with like just binoculars watching like I don't know, it really did feel childlike, like, just getting hyped up on the smallest details. It was fun. There were several times there would be, like, somebody walking outside, and I would get scared (laughs) that they were going to 
see that we were watching like we weren't supposed to be or something. For real. So no, I'd be the like, next day, I'd like duck down. <laughs> the next day, I looked up at the window we were standing in from the street, and you could clearly see, like you could definitely oh see that we were just watching. We were only like one floor. We're just up. like geeking out yeah. up there, like nerds. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, that was that was still pretty fun. That was a cool experience because like the odds that our next president was there. Yeah. It's like that close and it, we were just chilling, like spying. I that's don't know. how I felt. There's like a celebrity factor almost to me. It's yeah. Like, I don't think these people are like famous or celebrities, but it's just like the, the historical the power, the yeah. significance. The, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it feels it feels cooler to be closer to it. It was really interesting. Yeah, and it seems like other people did not feel that way because hardly anybody showed up the day of. I yeah. thought there was going to be packed out there. Yeah, there it was, was like weird. nobody. And, I was, and then even the people who live there were just like annoyed that there yeah. was shit going on in their street. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. We were like kind of just chilling on the street corner watching like things set up for the day. We got out there kind of early. There was like a conservative, extra conservative like extreme yes. conservative uh, a, band playing yeah. they songs. had the bus with the bloody aborted fetuses yeah. on the side they had a uh, a band of like it was like three like young guys who yeah. looked like they were in high school like had acne and and they were and like wearing singing like, songs called CNN sucks with MAGA hats on they had like one adult in the group it has to be somebody's like stepdad he was like playing <laughs> yeah, bass on, in the back <laughs> For real, and a bunch of kids that hopped on. But yeah, so they were they were the soundtrack for the whole day. They were on like one of the intersection corners. Yeah, there was a bunch of Beto support. That was like the first thing I noticed mm-hmm. that whenever I woke up the next day was that all the telephone poles had Beto, and then there yeah. was just like a whole rally of supporters just a little bit ways down the way. Yeah, Beto had a strong presence. Castro had a strong presence. Even some Amy Klobuchar. There was some. There wasn't really Klobuchar people. There somebody just, just more came out signs, and put up yeah. signs. Yeah, <laughs> they said um, we're efficient. We're not waiting out here. <laughs> yeah, there was a handful of Biden people, and then there wasn't really Yang Gang at first, but they showed up in force. It was like later a flash mob. It was crazy. There was like fifty people there that were screaming about yes. Andrew Yang. I was like, whoa, okay, okay. And speaking of Andrew Yang, there was we met um, a fellow who had a. YouTube. What's the he name sure of the did. YouTube? American Jobs Factory. Yes. Um, he has. Yeah. He came up and he was just kind of talking about Yang, spreading that message or asking other people about it. So him and Jesse did like a little interview. So that was fun. Yeah, that was... That was after my Fox News interview. Yeah, after the after the Fox uh, News one. The Fox News <laughs> interview was horrendous and cringy, and I don't know if it ended up anywhere, and I have not looked, and I do not want to know, and if you find it, do not send it to me. Pretend that it never happened. <laughs> I have a picture of it, though. I immediately regretted, like, everything I said. I had, a, like, a full-blown panic attack, but... By the time that I talked to the Yang Gang guy, I was, like, totally cool. I was like, I can do this. This is no problem. I just don't like the demeanor of the first lady who approached us, though. Like, she, she was... like, would beelined towards us and already had cameras and mics pointed at us before we got to say it. And I, like, ducked out. I was like, no thanks. I wear hearing aids. I can't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then I just, like, stepped out of the way. But then by then, she already had, like, the mic up to Jess's face. And, like, the camera pointing was like, so, where are you from? And, like, boom, interview going, like, kind of yeah. without permission, but with permission. It was just quick. 
Yeah, and it was really pushy and happened fast. She did ask me, but it was like so quick. And, and I don't she think, already like had I don't even it, remember yeah. how she worded it, but we were like already in position. Exactly. To be, like like I don't just, know the way that me and Jesse were standing were like just parallel both facing the scene so she we already kind of like were set up together and she just came up with a mic and then replaced yeah. where I was standing so she was already in the perfect position yeah that was quick I get why you would be panicked over that one but the Yang interview was a lot more pleasing and yeah. like a discussion of opinions and ideas rather than yeah. I don't know the Fox a News quick interrogation she didn't like anything that I had to say for real was very condescending and like well then, then what about this? And I, was I like, didn't. Think, okay. I don't know if she expected you to come at her with the answers you did. She was talking. You were talking about like campaign finance reform and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, she. This is how the conversation went. So, <laughs> she asked me what my number one issue was, and I said campaign finance reform because I don't think we're going to solve any of the other problems until we get big money out of politics. When our politicians are owned by people and by you know wealthy people and big corporations instead of the people who they're supposed to represent we have a lot of big systemic problems (laughs) and she said well what do you think about democrats being in the pocket of teachers unions that they don't support charter schools because they get money from teachers unions that's also a campaign finance thing and i think i was like I hadn't really heard about that, and I didn't know that that was an issue. So I think what I said was, like, I'm not educated enough on that to have an opinion, but, yeah. That's a fair answer, but, yeah, that was was an abrasive interview a little bit. But campaign finance reform would also solve that, because Mm -hmm. then big organizations aren't giving money to people either. It's like a voucher system or something like that, where everybody has the same amount of campaign dollars to give, and then take care so of it that, like, like so both of those hands. things that yeah. we both complained about would be solved so but you know in the moment it was uh, pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> I've never had a camera like that in my face so I felt like I stumbled a lot and it was uncomfortable but you know that's we live and we learn and that's that's the consequences of going and being live on the street <laughs> right in the action of the right. third presidential debate yeah. um and yeah we also like met this really nice guy who actually lived right there and he let us sit in his driveway so we could watch and not get kicked off of like the land we were sitting on he's like this is my house yeah we're like cool can we sit right here (laughs) and he gave us like water and air conditioning when we needed it It yeah he was super cool um yeah everything was really it went well and was super interesting Mm mm-hmm We also got to talk to a lot of interesting people that actually did show up. It was kind of a weird, like, misfit toys. It was also a full moon. So, like, I feel like the weirdos were out, including ourselves. Yeah, we said, let's get involved. (laughs) This is our time. But uh, a couple of people really stood out to me. There was, like, a Beto supporter that we talked to, and I asked him why he supported Beto, and he said um that he was his guy he supported him during for senate and stuff and we were like yeah that's cool and kind of like asked him a couple more questions like what of his policies do you support or whatever and he kind of cracked under that question (laughs) and he said well like i lowered my (laughs) vehicle and put beto on the side of it like he spent money on his vehicle to To deck it out to make it like a beto mobile exactly a thing i think it has its own instagram that we could find oh yeah (laughs) but Uh, so that's why so he had, Beto's like, his guy. sunk costs into the Beto campaign. I was like, that's really sad, and I hope. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I don't know, it was sad once Beto lost his first run, but now he's got a chance, so that dude's truck, and... He's, he's going all it's in. Been, it's been made worth it again. I respect that, and I told him, you know, 
if Beto doesn't make it like you hope, then you can check out our podcast to see who else might be worth supporting. Yeah, but just a tip. Don't deck out your cars in, like, thousands of dollars worth of change for any of the political no. candidates yet, please. No tattoos. <laughs> Don't do that stuff. No, nothing of this work. Uh, let's see. And then um, there was a the flag horse guy. That yeah. That was really interesting. He had a big, huge, giant balloon, and it had a horse face that was made of flags. And... I went over to ask him, like, who he supported and stuff, and he said, I'm not here to talk about who I support. I'm spreading a different message, which is that he wanted to get rid of the donkey as the mascot for the Democratic Party because he said it was started as, like, a mockery calling the Democrats jackass or something like yeah. that, and that we need to, that all Democrats need to unite behind the flag horse. So that was his thing. So he <laughs> wants a new mascot for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Flag horse. I think he probably has some flaghorse.com or some shit. Spread if wanna, the word, everyone. want to hear about that. <laughs> um... There were also some people there that were, they were chanting no reparations, no vote. They were there to advocate for reparations. And I went to ask them if there was any candidates that they were supporting or thought were going far enough on reparations. I know like Marianne Williamson is proposing reparations and some other people are proposing like Like aid in different ways. Or even just like councils to look into reparation, but not reparation. Yeah. And I asked them if any of them were doing enough and they said like, absolutely not. And no reparations, no vote. And I was like, okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, So that was interesting. And then there was also some people um, chanting, this is what a charter school looks like. And that was... I hadn't really ever thought much about charter schools, but my Fox News interview and then those people chanting, it kind of made me think, and I looked into it. Um, Charter schools do get, like, a lot of flack, and some of them are higher performing and better for, like, certain types of students or people that have certain abilities um, or disabilities. I have to do, like, an episode on it because I... (laughs) I don't really know much about, like, the education system at all. I just went to public school the whole time I don't really get the argument to or for like what is it school choice is that that's like an argument things like that yeah. I don't really get so we'll for sure have to research all that yeah. good stuff I've I researched it a little bit since then but we'll yeah. save it for in, in an episode on education or even maybe like a smaller one on charter schools or school choice yeah that'd be awesome um, but that's what a lot of people were talking about we also got into it a little bit with one of the uh, pro-life guys. Mm-hmm. That was pretty wild. I like The guys that we were kind of hanging out with that lived there, they kept, or at least one of them was like shouting mean things at them and stuff like that. Um, I mean, like funny, witty things, but... It was like anything, like if anything happened on the side of the supporters of the, of the debate, like the pro-life guy would say like, oh yeah? Then how come na 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 and like say some specific retort like just geared towards whatever specifically just happened so yeah. he could go on forever as long as there was anything happening across the way he had some sort of like yeah. thing to yell back about it. There was also room for like five hundred of like each people maybe not five hundred yes. but like a good amount several hundred <laughs> yeah. people I mean a good portion of the street was blocked off there were like five people yes. over there doing that but I was. I don't know. There was a lot of people yelling back and forth at each other, and I wanted to figure out where we could agree, if anywhere. So that's why how I approached him. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? 
Like, I think we all want to bring down abortion rates. So, like, what do you think about better sex education, better access to contraceptives? What do you think about making it easier for people to adopt children, easier and cheaper? Yeah. You know, what do you think about providing services to new mothers so that they feel like they might be able to have a child when they have an unexpected pregnancy instead of this is going to, this is, you know, threatening my security to live another day. Yeah, that man, like, frustrated me when it came to those things because it was, like, if it was ever a preventable issue still, he would treat it like a dead end and be like, well, like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't do that. And like, I don't know. the answer for all of that stuff was, like, well, that's family. You just got to do better and, you know. Yeah, like, not all families play the role of, like, teaching sex education or even, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of different factors play in. You can't just be like, well, yeah. the government can't get involved because the family should be doing it when the family is even a million times less regulated than the government is. Like, right. you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So it was a really frustrating conversation, but it was mostly Fun respectful. <laughs> we didn't really yell at each other or anything like that. And we were able to agree on a couple of things. And if everybody can agree on these things, then I think we should get those things done, which is we both agreed that adoption should be cheaper and easier Um, He kind of came around to our argument that the death penalty isn't really necessary because we said, um, you know, what what is if you support the death penalty, but you don't support abortion. Yeah. Then and he said it's the innocent life versus a not innocent life. But, you know, a lot of innocent lives have been killed with the death penalty, too. Yeah. Um, And he said, you know, yeah, maybe that's not necessary. Maybe we can just have like life imprisonment. I don't think we really need that. Yeah. I was like, cool. So that was a good one we'll reach um, common ground on no, it yeah we just really didn't agree about when personhood is like given to someone yeah but like no one does whole... exactly <laughs> he was saying like that that is a fact he was like he was like well it, we really know like even though scientists and philosophers and spiritualists haven't agreed we know when life really starts we're like but we don't that's he, the thing is that we don't know yeah <laughs> he said it was scientific that science says life begins at conception and i said i don't know that science has agreed on that i've always heard yeah that still kind like of a it's, it's pretty contemplated i did some research though to <laughs> figure out if that was right because that's what i told him when i left i was like okay i'll look at some scientific journals and yeah. see if i can figure out scientifically when life begins yeah. and uh long story short there still is no correct answer there's like that's what was annoying me about the discussion with a him. new cell when it's at conception but whether or not like a new cell it's is life that is separate than what it's contained in is you know I don't yeah know. so it's that's all argument, i'm not yeah. a scientist but scientists said you still can't tell so yeah so <laughs> <laughs> wrap that one up sure yeah. but yeah so it was all pretty interesting a lot of really crazy full moon like um human interaction yeah definitely it was a trip and and there was a strong police presence, but no real, like, interactions or any, like, bad things that happened, which was The cool. most I saw was, like, a woman walked around, dresses, what, Uncle Sam or something, promoting something, like, got told that her stick was too long and it was yeah. considered a weapon and she had to put it away. But she wasn't, it wasn't, a, several people, yeah, they, yeah. Had, they said you can't have, like, poles that are, like, metal and, like, bigger than a certain width yeah. or some bullshit so but other than that they were like you just need to stand over here and you can't have that pole yeah so it was pretty tame yeah um yeah that's pretty much all that happened right yeah that was, right. that sums up my experience uh firsthand bing bang boom and cool. moving on to the actual debate which we saw at a 
neato debate watch party at like a local bar. Yeah, it was really cool. There were swings everywhere, good pizza. Yeah, and they projected it up on this big giant wall and there were a ton of people there. And so we, it was really neat to hear everybody else's like reactions to what yeah. people say instead of just the reactions <clears throat> that I have when I watch it by myself. Yeah, so, exactly. It, it was, was funny cool. cause it started a little late. And so I streamed it on my <laughs> phone oh, yeah, we into my that. hearing aids and was transcribing it to Jesse as we went. But the dude next to us, <laughs> there was like a guy sitting at the same table, just further down and I could see him looking at me because I was like all right Cory Booker and then just like delivering Cory Booker's like opening statement word for word and he was like damn like how is she doing such a good Cory Booker impersonation (laughs) but I was just like repeating it immediately after he said it it was funny it wasn't ideal it only lasted for like a couple minutes before I got a headache but it was fun. It was. I really got to channel the candidates and feel their words for a second there. I was dying. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, it was on our story. <sighs> okay. Actual debate. Number one. Andrew Yang announced that he is giving a freedom dividend to 10 people, like, in his campaign. Not even... Okay, he promised... Okay. Back up. <laughs> Freedom Dividend is his UBI $1,000 a month. We've said that before. Yeah, he's just, said it before, too. Yes. <laughs> Many times. If you've heard of him, you've heard of it. Universal basic income, $1,000 a month to anyone over the age of 18. Yeah. Now his campaign is doing that to 10 people or for 10 people to prove that universal basic, yeah. basic income would work and to, yeah, to prove that their lives will get better, which... Like of course they will. Yeah. Money, like your li- like money in your life. Sign will me get, up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, is it really feasible to do that on like a giant scale? And is is it something that we need right now when there's still jobs to be had? And I don't yeah, know. Perhaps, um, but I think that's also what he's saying is that in the sense of giving enough people to enough money. Man, we're both jumbling. Okay. Giving people enough money to, like, cover their just living and secure their... What's the word? I don't know. Who knows the word? I don't know. To just, like, live comfortably, it'll really inspire them to start with more creative endeavors and not have to worry about, like, working a job that'll help them get by and actually get to apply, like, the seemingly useless skills they had before and actually really get to like fulfill potential as human beings because they're not struggling to survive but how much are we taxing people to give ourselves that much money a month you know that's true i mean if it i don't know i i i need to read more about it we'll do an episode on universal basic income and the merits i'm sure yeah uh other highlights, uh, Beto was praised repeatedly for his handling of the El Paso shooting, so it, I don't know that he really had a great performance, but it was like a lot of other candidates speaking highly of him, so it made him look like yeah, really good. Yeah, he was like glowing in the light. Yeah, everyone said, like, commended him. And then whenever it came to discussing, like, his experience stepping away from his campaign to deal with the tragedy... Yeah. He handled it really well and delivered, like, a really bold statement on taking... He was like, hell yeah, we're going to take your yeah. AK-47. hell yes, we will take your AR-50... Why can't I say that? <laughs> when I practiced this earlier, that was how I do it. I hear really 
hell yes, we will take your AR-15s, your AK-47s. And he, yeah. like, yelled it. He was like, hell yes, we will. Yeah, he said it real enthusiastically. And then it was tweeted, of course, on all his social media accounts yeah. and shit like and that afterwards. Confiscation. Yeah. that It was super bold, especially, like, after our gun control episode, I guess, yeah, hearing people say, yeah, we're taking all your guns. It even makes me, like, turn and look at them. Like, I'm like, maybe we could just teach them how to use them and really, like, regulate how many people in... What kinds of people can have them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to snatch them all up yet, is my opinion. I don't but either. I don't know. It really, that would, like, it got a lot of applause it and really, support really online. Did. I haven't seen as, like, I've seen, like, some hesitance, but I have seen people like, Beto stole the show with his, like, bold stance. <sighs> yeah. I can just, I can just see, like, all the, all the, all of the moderates and even, like, some Republicans that he could have you know had yeah yeah that he could have appealed to now he just took like, like a, yeah you're taking away my shit so now exactly yeah yeah so that know. was we'll see how that one plays out that was really bold that was a pretty like in terms of policy changes that was one that i feel like that he made clearer than was before yeah it, it was kind of worded sort of vague on his website and i yeah. was like is he calling for confiscation of weapons when he's saying this yeah. and then some he was like yeah i am yes. yeah he said hell Yes. I even think the question that was asked to him was like, people are criticizing your plan, saying it's confiscation, or is that what you're doing? And he said, hell yes. Yeah. (laughs) Very clear. (laughs) Confiscation is what he's about. No other candidates are calling for that. That's a pretty... um, Like, very left, very progressive. I don't know. I don't know how to classify that idea. Just definitely not... I don't know if it's, it's... anti-constitution kind of i don't know maybe but yeah there's definitely like it's a very controversial take i would say like just even among the uh, more liberal democrats it's Mm -hmm. still like a lot of them are still like well we'll do a buyback (laughs) yeah so Um, that was a pretty bold take by the way i know the word unconstitutional and I, <laughs> anti-constitution. <laughs> just throwing that in. Um, but yeah, mostly they were still just arguing about healthcare. Same stuff that we talked about before, whether Medicare for all is too expensive versus everything else leaves a bunch of people out and whether or not people should have choice in their healthcare or if the government should tell you what kind of healthcare plan that you need to have. So it was a lot yeah. more of that. Everybody's still in the same camps that they were. Sanders and Warren supporting full Medicare for all, eliminating private private insurance in four to five years, and then the rest of them, some sort of mixed option yeah. between like a, a public and private plan. Like so that it's they want like choice. So that was really the big argument. They went over the same stuff over and over again. And I have some quotes that were kind of notable, but go ahead. I was wondering if that's if it was the healthcare discussion whenever Castro and Biden kind of went at it. Uh. <clears throat> I think so, but I had that later. I don't. I didn't have any quotes from that or anything. Yeah, that was, was something that stood out to me as one of the bigger moments during the debate yeah. was during the argument just because Biden had said something about his stance on whether you have to buy in or not. And then uh, Julian Castro tried to catch him on that and then was just like, are you forgetting what you said just two minutes ago? And then it was made even like more awkward because if you watch it, you can see that Biden didn't hear what Castro said and then the crowd is just like, Oh, because Castro just kind of made a low blow intended yeah. to be geared towards his age and him being forgetful. And he, then Biden didn't even hear it. So he was like, what did he say? He didn't say that even 
Like, yeah, just he, once. Castro he said it was multiple wrong. Multiple times. Yeah, and he kept saying it. Yeah, yeah. And he, like multiple. He prepared to cast Biden as a like forgetful and old before he came in yeah, there. Yeah, but he did it on the wrong moment. I think his transcripts show that like Biden had said what he meant and meant what he said. He didn't right. like mess up. Right. So. Castro got called. I heard his name a lot in like post debate recaps, just about like that he looked catty, and yeah. I can kind of see like I even was a fan of Castro and other parts of that debate. Like I still think he killed it, but that part I was like, ooh. There, there was just several parts where everything he wanted to call out Biden, and it seemed like he was trying to use Kamala Harris's strategy that worked really well for her in the first debate, calling out Biden the whole time. Yeah. But it didn't quite work as well for him, and yeah, it was like aggressive. Yeah. Um. And, like, and it was ageist, and it yes. was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, um, definitely. So, it, it took him down a couple pegs for me, honestly. Yeah, but. I think for a lot of people, that could have been something that set Castro back a bit. Yeah. Um, but on the healthcare debate, Klobuchar said to Bernie, she said, while Bernie wrote the bill, I read the bill. And that got, like, a big applause line. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said... And on page eight of that bill, it says that we will no longer have private insurance as we know it. And that means that 149 million Americans will no longer be able to have their current health insurance. That's in four years. I don't think that's a bold idea. I think that's a bad idea. And instead that we need a public option, a nonprofit choice that will bring down the cost of insurance, cover 12 million more people and bring down the prices for 13 million more people. That is a bold idea. So she's trying to say like... The revolutionists are impractical. I mean, this is the same debate that's, like, played out before, I guess. Yeah. But, you know. More of the same, pretty much. It's still, like, a valid debate, though. Mm -hmm. And it's a difficult one. Like, do do we try to do everything in our wild wildest imaginations and then maybe not get anything done or do we go with somebody who's gonna get some good things done? Yeah. And I think that's, like, a really hard choice. Um, And... Yeah, I still am torn between those two, like, ideals. I don't know. I'm I'm not to go full-on astrology mode, but I am (laughs) quite an Aquarius, and I'm full on the ideals. Like, I'm like, we can and we should, and we have before. Nothing has ever not changed. Like, all we know is change. All we ever will know is change. We can just choose if it's good or bad. Like, involvement will make it better. That's fair. And on so, some days I feel that way, and on other yeah. days I'm like, but what if they get in there and like literally nothing changes and everybody works against them because they think they're going too far? And it's I just... agree with the anxiety, but all I know is that if that happens, it won't be because I doubted it. Like it will right. be because other people doubted it that's and true. they didn't help it. And that's why I try to never be the person who's like, yeah, but realistically it won't happen. I'm like, okay, well realistically you won't catch me saying that. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> hope for the best believe in the best i don't know i try to be real optimistic with it so i like the ideals i i get both but yeah i see how there's an argument uh um buddha said about medicare for all he said the problem senator sanders with that damn bill that you wrote is that senator and that senator warren backs is that it doesn't trust the american people i trust and he looks at the camera i trust you to choose what makes the most sense for you, not my way or the highway. So that was like a big applause. Um, Imagine if you said well. something like, I trust, look at camera. Oh, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> look at camera. <laughs> like a The Office script moment. Um, and then Biden talked about cost. He went after 
how Warren would pay for Medicare for All. Uh, he actually attacked Warren and not Sanders, which I was like, okay, heating up. All right. Yeah. Um, but he said, I think that we should be in a position of taking a look at what costs are. My plan for healthcare costs a lot of money. It costs $740 billion. It does not cost $30 trillion, $3.4 trillion a year. It turns out it's twice the entire federal budget. Thus far, my distinguished friend, the senator on my left, has not indicated how she pays for it. So... If you're thinking about costs and you're worried about, like, government spending and going into debt and all of that stuff, then, I mean... That's a fair argument, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for... Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have lots of views on money and I could go into the whole thing, but, you know, it. I think it's about, like, where you're investing money. We're investing money in a lot of places that aren't producing any results. Yeah. Like... You know. Like their dead ends and right. and money. Like it stops there. It doesn't create yeah. something that creates more money. Exactly. Yeah. So That's... anyway, moving on. Um, any other big moments that you have? Um, one of the m- most iconic things, I guess, about the debate that I think will be like a historic uh, thing to look back on is in the last question, kind of instead of closing statements, they had to answer about like trials and tribulations and... Pete talked about... I have all of those. You do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pete talking about um, his sexual orientation and, like, uh, struggle with accepting that part of his identity was, I feel like, historic to have in a presidential debate. That's so funny. I did not feel that way. How do you feel? Like, it was pandering? I don't know. It, It was supposed to be about a professional setback, and he was like, I was worried that coming out as gay might be a professional setback, but then I did it, and turns out it wasn't, lol. Everyone loves me. I'm a cute white gay guy. Yeah, and I was like, cool. Um, Great story, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I think I could see your criticism of it as an answer. I don't really feel like I was super satisfied by most answers for that question. It really was, yeah. It was supposed to be like... That's why I wrote them down, because they're idiotic. I'm like, I know all y'all have political controversies that you all could have humbled up, like, right now, and just, like... Be real about it. Be like, honestly, this. Like, Elizabeth Warren didn't talk about Pocahontas. I said, what? What else is a professional <laughs> setback other than a fucking feud with the President of the United States, like, pegging you with one of the dumbest, like, misunderstandings of your life? Because it wasn't a professional setback? Because that's how she got name recognition? <laughs> fair. I guess, I don't know. For me, it was a setback for Elizabeth Warren until, like, fair into this race because I was like I don't know I kept thinking about (laughs) the scandal and I was like no the setback was when she decided to take a DNA test to prove that she was of a certain race that's when yeah that's when she should have that was that was all her that was not the president yeah so yeah I said that but yeah the point being that they all had plenty of professional setbacks to talk about and they all like did kind of share not, I don't know, just really not, like, oh, poor me, but I made it. We like, can walk through them all. Um, Biden, he was first, and he was interrupted by protesters. Yeah, I so never found was, out what they were saying. I didn't either. It was hard to tell, but it was a lot of people for a long time, and he, so he was like kind of shaken, obviously, by that, and then he was like really rambly in his answer, and it was hard to understand, but also he was just like yelled at by protesters for like the seventh fucking time, yeah. so... I can understand why it would be, like, a little um, uncomfortable setting, Mm -hmm. but he just said that professional setbacks really aren't what has been important in 
in his career that there's been like personal setbacks that were a lot more impactful, like the death of his first wife and daughter and his sons being injured in the car accident. Yeah. Talked about Bo having brain cancer. And he said, quote, for me, the way I've dealt with it is finding purpose. And my purpose is to do what I've always tried to do and stay engaged in public policy. But there's a lot of people who have been um, through a lot worse than I have, who get up every single morning, put their feet one foot in front of the other without the help I had. Those are the real heroes out there. And I thought I th- that was um, like impactful. A answer, yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Cause, I mean, he, he still had an opportunity to talk about professional setbacks. And part of me is like, okay, then you just played like the sad card. Yeah. But... But I mean, also, he's like, he really he's like, went through that, so it's, like, hard to... It's true, yeah. Yeah, be like, well, you're playing that again. I'm like, okay, well, if your family kept dying in really tragic ways, like, I'm sure that would play a big role in right. your... Right, that, that you can't even think of a professional set. Yeah, yeah that's what comes to mind. Right. Yeah. So. I felt the same. I had the same thought process of being like, of course he's going to talk about the insane tragedies he encountered, and then I was like, wait, he... Ins- countered like insane tragedy yeah, so i was exactly. like uh, yeah check um, myself <laughs> warren and klobuchar just repeated their stump speeches oh like, yeah warren definitely did we had gone to her town it. hall just yes. a couple days before and then she opened her mouth and i was like oh, i heard this one already and i'm like this is just a shortened version of it yeah, she's like, like y'all aren't even getting the good delivery she's like chopping through this as she can give it to you <laughs> in a debate answer yeah, uh, obviously, like, they didn't know how to answer that, so they just, like, diverted into the shit that they've been saying on repeat for the last several weeks, so that yeah. was, yeah. Basically, just that she's gotten pregnant twice, and then that's fucked up her career, but that then every time she just did something else, and it was all good. I just went to law school. I just went. It was cool. <laughs> um, but I didn't like law school. Yeah. Klobuchar talks about how she got kicked out of the hospital when her daughter was sick after 24 hours because that was like the insurance rule yeah Um, and then that's what got her interested in politics which is what she's been talking about on the campaign trail yeah so not that those aren't compelling stories either one of them i'm just saying like (laughs) we've heard them before definitely that was a chance to really just be humble and real i feel like that a lot of them missed yeah sanders just talked about how he like kept losing a bunch of elections and then finally won by like a little bit and I was like, I get, I was like, you're right that those are professional setbacks. Yeah. Like legit ones. But it just <laughs> sounded like he was like, I sucked, I sucked. And then I like barely did enough to get by. And I was like, all right. Like, so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> but I mean, at least it was like honest. Yeah. Um, Harris said that basically everybody's told her that because of who she is, she can't do what she wanted to do, but that she just proved the haters wrong. So she was like, they say I can't. I did. Yeah. So that was her. Uh that bothers me so because it doesn't feel like a moment of self-reflection i don't know that's how i viewed the question was just like when did you mess up and how did you make up for it kind of not like a when were the odds stacked against you competition and they're all like i'm running for president i'm perfect yes (laughs) they're like um i never did anything but one time my body got pregnant and or like (laughs) i don't know they are like running for a job or not running for you know they're applying for a job yeah. and just like when we have job interviews you don't want to say questions are like stuff, difficult but... and you're trying to like like frame it in the best light and like come up with something that fits the question i can just imagine the shit is really difficult but it's telling yeah 
Even if they don't say what I want them to, that's, that is telling within itself. That's kind of how job interviews are, too. Like, if yeah. you can't think on your feet or, like, re- be self-reflective even for a moment, you know? Yeah, then, then clearly yeah. not for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yang had a good answer, like an actual setback. He said his first company failed despite putting everything that he had into it, but that he picked himself up and kept working. 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 <laughs> uh, quote, then after that, I did have some success. I still remembered how hard it was, how isolating it was, how it feels like your friends no longer want to spend time with you. That you was sad. That? I do. <gasps> your friends, they don't text you anymore. <laughs> And then they're all hanging out, and you see it on their Snapchat story, and no one asked you if you wanted to go. It was so sad, but it was so real, and I appreciated the honesty. And he just quickly moved on from it, too, though. Like, he he didn't just say something. He said, when your friends no longer want to spend time with you, and so I spent seven years starting and running a nonprofit that helped train young (laughs) entrepreneurs around the country. He said, (laughs) and so I started a new business, because no one wanted to hang out with me. Oh, goodness. Oh, Booker's was hilarious as well. Um, He said that his professional setback is embarrassing because a lot of folks know about it. He had like a a run for office in 2002 and he said, I don't remember, I don't, I tried to look up what exactly happened, but it was like too much to get into. But basically they made a documentary about his race for a particular election and yeah. it was like real ugly and stuff and he was taking on the political establishment and all this stuff. I'm wondering who like started the documentary. Like I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. Would he, was yeah. he like, hey y'all uh, come film me, do this or stuff. Or if they said we want to do a documentary, can right. we film you? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But he he said that like... I bet they said none of us claim it. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like a spectacular failure. They lost the election. Um, but if you're gonna have a spectacular failure, have a documentary team there to capture it because it made for an Oscar-nominated documentary called Street Fight. But then ultimately another setback. It lost in the Oscars to a movie called March of the Dagnab Penguins. Oh my god! <laughs> for crying out loud, the Dagnab Penguins. Like, does he just want to be famous? I can't tell. I, it seems like it. Like he like wants to be charming and interviewed and like I don't know. But he is charming and. Yeah, I think he just wants more, like, more status. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you do that via, like, good social reform or something, like, I mean, I'm then not going to stop you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, let's see. O'Rourke didn't talk about a professional setback at all, but instead he talked about how the people of El Paso have been resilient following the mass shooting. So even though he didn't answer the question, he invoked, like, a really emotional answer, so nobody can fault him for it, even though I am secretly faulting him for that. (laughs) You said, so no one can get mad that he totally didn't answer the question. I'm just... I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to say some shit that I shouldn't say. So, All right. Moving on. Moving on. Um, and then Castro. Okay. This one. I didn't like this one either. And that's what also upset me about yeah, Castro. Yeah. Like, I remember listening to it and just being like, damn, still? He not said he quit his job at a law firm when he was a city councilman. He's like, city councilmen um, always have, you know, a second job because you don't make any money as a city councilman. Yeah. So I was working as a lawyer. And then they got a new client, and the law firm was trying to influence how city council voted on something. And so he was like, I, you know, as a lawyer, he said this. He said, um, 
But under the ethics rules for lawyers in Texas, because believe it or not, lawyers have ethics rules, you can't just go against the interest of a client. So I was stuck. That's true, but you're not supposed to take on a client if you have a conflict of interest. And him being on the city council... Was a conflict yes, of interest. Yes, so he yeah. should have never had that client. And yeah. I don't... So it doesn't really count as a professional setback as much as, like, you took on something that you knew you shouldn't have. I mean, maybe it wasn't, like, his decision to take it on, but he could also have been, like, I am, like, removing myself from that case and yeah. separating. Like, I can't have anything to do with it, and he could have stayed being a part of that law firm. Yeah. So I really don't understand. I was like, that was a conflict of interest. It was, anyway. like, a martyr complex type thing, like he yeah. said. Fine, I'll leave. He said, I lost my the my money and my security and my income because I was going to do the right thing and vote for the right thing on the city council. I said, you could have just stayed a lawyer and not represented that client and then voted however the fuck yeah. you were going to vote and that would have been fine too. So yeah. don't try and like play this whole game. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but I'm that's pretty sure that's how that works. Interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all the really moments that I had. Um, Same. Candidate performance. Did we already get into most of it? I mean, for the most part, yeah. I can run through it real brief. Like, for me, watch. I'll do it really quick. <laughs> I have them listed alphabetically. Okay, Beto. Or, I don't know how I'll Biden? Or you go well, first. Well, I name? have a bunch of random nicknames, honestly. I This <laughs> list has no order, but it's still alphabetical. <laughs> well, here, I'm just going to run through my list. It has okay. all of them. So, I don't know what order it's in, actually. I'm looking, and it's not even alphabetical. I think it's just in the order I remembered to make them in this list. Great. It was very quick. Perfect. Okay. Better. Um, I think that he just looked better because people were saying better things about him, and he was framed more positively he did have like a big opportunity to deliver a nice line but otherwise he's still like i'm like i need to see more because he didn't like blow me away and then booker um yeah just like always trying to be charming and tell a story and laugh at the same time and like make eyes with the camera he also did the the dad joke translated no into yes no. yes he was asked if since he's a vegan, if he wants everybody else to be a vegan, he was like, no. And let me translate that into Spanish. No. And then the oh interview afterwards, he's like, that's also French and Portuguese. Oh and my. I said, like, okay, let it go. Okay. And then Biden, um, he really, like, is fumbling over his words and it's hard to listen to. And I'm like, I get that even me. Like, if it's probably hard to listen to me right now. I fumble over my words. I get it. But I'm not running for president and I'm not about to make all of you listen to me for four years. So it's fine. And he was, like, defensive as hell from the start. He was, like, yelling, like, within 10 minutes yeah, of a few minutes, beginning. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, so I'm, I didn't... I'm, like, concerned for him. Yeah, I don't like his performance, and I don't want... I don't want him as president, honestly. I don't want him to be the nominee right now, because I'm just, like, I don't want to see him give speeches. I want someone who has a refreshing and intellectual way of speaking after right. Trump. And, like, he just kind of throws words out there, and if you know his policy on it, then you can kind of interpret it. But, right. like, if you don't, then you really cannot get anything from what he's saying. Like, he said, put your records on as a as a response to, like, I don't even know, race relations or something? Like, he said, play records for your kids. Play records? Are you... Where are we, Biden? Anyways. So, I don't know. He seemed super out of touch. It didn't... I didn't like it. Didn't yeah. land with me. Uh, yeah. I didn't really have much else other than that either. Yeah. And Bernie, um... He he says the right things. He his, was just he needed a cough drop. His voice was gone. He needed Medicare for all. Yeah, <laughs> his voice was out of there. He it was, was gone. He was struggling to hang in there for sure. It was 
But, you know, Bernie, same old, same old, arguing for the people. <laughs> yep. Um, Buttigieg, yeah, I don't know. He still doesn't seem so genuine to me. He's just smart. <laughs> he said, I'm done. <laughs> um, Klobuchar, no, um, nothing really. Like, it was pretty just, unremarkable for her. Guys, let's be smart about this. Yeah, come That's- on. <laughs> And then Castro, he was a little uh, petty, but he did say some things that I was like, hell yeah, needed to be said. Uh, I mean, a couple of things about him. He, let me see. He was also, like, he tried to drive home the message that Biden was losing that, but he also said that Biden wasn't living up to the legacy that Barack Obama said, but he was. Yeah. And I was like, that was a big blow. And, um... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Pete tried to, like, break them up at one point, too. He said, this is why presidential debates are becoming unwatchable. This reminds everybody of why they can't stand, of what they can't stand about Washington. Scores and points against each other, poking at each other. And then Castro got, like, real petty, and he was like, that's called the Democratic primary election, Pete. This is called an election. That's an election, you know? This is what we're here for. It's an election. Yeah. Like, he got, like, really... Every time like, Castro made a point, he would repeat it a bunch. Like, that's what made it sound meaner. It'd be one right. thing if it sounded like a flippant thing, but he would drive it home, like, hard. Oh. So, that was a bit much. Yeah, for sure. It was off-putting to, to me and many, I think. Yeah. He did make the good point. He said... He said, my problem with Vice President Biden, and Corey pointed this out last time, is every time something good about Barack Obama comes up, he says, oh, I was there, I was there, that's me too. And then every time somebody questions part of the administration that we were both a part of, he says, well, that was the president. I mean, he wants to take credit for Obama's work but not have to answer any questions, which is what I've said before. That's really annoying. Like, he's like, he's like... Obama, Obama, Obama. And then any time anyone criticizes Obama, he was like, well, I was the vice president, so... Yeah. And I'm like, uh... Hey, pick it. Like, I yeah. don't know. Are you part of it or not? Yeah, so that was a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I have Warren next. I liked her, but also because we just saw her town hall, I just get put off whenever I think someone's just, like, speaking off the top, which obviously none of them are, but right. you just like to get lost in the illusion, but I had just seen Warren speak, so I heard a lot of the same talking points, and I said... <laughs> it hurt but me, too. It, yeah, it was so good. I don't know. I like what she has to say. She didn't say anything that, like... she did, We didn't hear from her as much yeah. as usual. Sorry my dog is being loud in the background. Um, <laughs> but she wasn't fighting with anybody. and kind of kept her head above water, so yeah. I guess that was good. She, she knows where like she's trying to stay in her own lane right now uh-huh. she's like i'm worried about myself and she's like starting the lead in polls which like fuck polls i guess but mm-hmm. i could see how she's encouraged by just like not being combative she's like what works for me is working for me right i will keep going and then um yang again i think he did better this debate better than he did in the others but he still talked the least i believe of all the um candidates um the announcement for the raffle or whatever kind of fell a little bit flat and it was a little awkward on delivery so if you watch that there's some little cringe in there but otherwise i think he did well i have nothing else to say about him and then harris i i don't know she was confronted on her record and i don't think she gave an answer satisfactory to me and we can touch on him more specifically i'm sure whenever we discuss her the stuff that I've liked about her in previous debates did not show up this time. She's normally been, like, very strong and direct. Like, I get this, like, fearless, like, presidential yeah. vibe from her, and I really like that regardless of her record. But this time that didn't really show up at all. She was kind of, like, nervous yeah. and stumbling with her words. Yeah, and she was. she got asked 
like some hard questions about her record and I think that really like tripped her up and, yeah. and she didn't really recover well from that. So we'll, we'll talk more about that on our next episode of uh, mass incarceration, how, how, what her record actually is on that shit. Instead yeah. of spending time now, but yeah, that was yeah. interesting. So, so that was pretty much my opinion on all the um, candidates. Yeah. I have a couple things from people who didn't make the debate. Michael Bennett was whining about it, says that the DNC rules are not fair. Quote, he sent out a campaign email. Yeah. Quote, with more than 140 days until the Iowa caucus, my campaign isn't slowing down because of arbitrary rules cooked up by, in a back room at the DNC. So He said, don't think that I'm slowing down, baby. I'm not. No. Uh, Steve Bullock criticized Tom Steyer for buying his way onto the October debate stage. Quote, he spent $12 million in just six weeks to buy online donors, dominate the airwaves with TV ads, and boost himself in the polls. Look, you shouldn't have to be a billionaire to run for president or participate in debates. Money doesn't vote. People do. And I think the most important qualification any candidate should have is a record of getting things done for everyday people, not a huge bank account. So I was like, fair. Word. Who said that quote? Bullock. He sent out yeah, a campaign email dang. and he was like, Steyer's doing all this shit. He's like, are we just going to let this happen? Right. Um, and then Joe Sestak sent out a fundraising email after the debate and he was criticizing that there was not enough foreign policy debate during yeah. it. Um, and then Marianne Williamson did a live stream right after the debate. She said it was going to be like debate commentary, but it wasn't really. She just talked about whatever she wanted to. She wasn't phased that she wasn't in the debate. She's like, I have things to say, and I'll say it where I can say it. So, yeah. She's like, hey, you know what else? That's uh, so funny. Yeah. So you can watch the Houston debate on YouTube. I think this was September 12th that that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. September 12th, um, ABC News, Hughes debate at Texas Southern University. Um, the October debate, the 10 candidates that were in this debate that we just talked about will also be in the next debate. And the only other candidate that has qualified so far is Tom Steyer. So if there's anybody else that you want to get into the next round of debates, um, good thing to do is to go donate to them or to spread the word about them to help them get a little boost in those polls. Yeah, I think some of them have the money, but not the polls. Right. Um, and then, as always, get registered. If you are not already, go to vote.gov. It'll tell you where you need to go, what requirements yeah. there are. Um, continue to share our podcast with people that you think it will be of use to. Um, we are also now on Apple Podcasts. Woo-hoo. So if you want to help us uh, expand our reach, if you could leave a, a rate and review, five stars, if you think we are worthy of that, that would be really fantastic. Sick. And I would really much appreciate it. If you want to give... Less than five stars, like, I suggest maybe sending us a message (laughs) privately first and, like, give us some criticism. And then if we don't, you know, improve based on that criticism, then go leave a subpar review for us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're we're new to this. We're learning. We're growing. So, like, help us get there. Um, We really appreciate that. Uh, that's pretty much it. We'll be back very soon. Mass incarceration. If you have questions about that, send it our way. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, please fucking vote. vote.